Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. So a couple of weeks ago, we started on step four. And, and like I said back then, it, that could, this could be a scary thing for some people, but I want to take the pressure off of it. Don't scare yourself, okay? I'm going to give you a few ideas now on getting us started. I know there are some people here tonight that weren't here a couple weeks ago. If you want to catch up, all of these teachings have been recorded. If you want to go back and start in the beginning, we're going to start out now. You can get you a notebook. It could be like a journal. It could be a spiral notebook, whatever it is, composition book, whatever. We want to write this down for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of reasons why we're doing this. We're not just doing it for fun because it's not necessarily fun. It's well worth it. It's well worth it, but it's not necessarily fun. So we start out and my instructions before were for you to take some time, turn off your phone, because if you leave your phone on, just about the time you get going on this, somebody's going to call you. Your long lost friend's going to call you and start bringing up some drama from 15 years ago, and you're going to get sucked into it. You're gonna, never going to come back to this. But so take some time, set some time aside, and you're going to write out two columns of things, two, and it could be one on one page, one on another, however you want to do it, whatever works out best for you. What you're going to do is, is you're going to make a, a list of all the things that you can, that you've been struggling with that people have done to you. All of us have had situations in our lives where things have happened to us, right? Some things don't matter. Some things aren't a big deal. They frustrate us and then we go on. But some things we hold on to and all of us have those things that we've been holding on to, right? We're gonna make a list of all of that and so you're gonna write this person's name and a, just a brief description of what happened. I guess I don't need to say that this is for your eyes. You, you don't want, this is not for anybody else. This is for you, okay? You wanna keep this safe. You don't want people reading this. This is gonna dredge up feelings, right? And you're gonna be feeling your feelings. And sometimes it, you may be tempted to go have it out with whoever is on this list. Don't. This is just for you for now, okay? So you're gonna make a list of everything that is, anything that has happened to you that you think of on a regular basis. Or, I mean, you guys, Sometimes there's things that happened in the past, and if you sit down and you say, God, please help me with this, he'll bring something back to your memory. Put it down there. You may say, well, how do I know if it's important or whatever? If it comes to your mind, if you quiet yourself and it comes to mind, put it down. If it doesn't need to be on there, it doesn't matter. Better safe than sorry, put it down. Other column or other category of things, we're gonna make a list of the things that we have done. Dun, dun, dun. And you may ask, well, what, what all should be on that list? Maybe you robbed a liquor store last week. Uh, that should be on there. There are things that we've done in our lives, right? Maybe big, maybe small. And I want to say you want to start out, just write down everything that comes to mind, okay? There are things that you've been through, and we want to get this down. Now, there are reasons behind all of this, and I'm going to talk a little bit about them as we go on. For one thing, as we talked last week, we were looking at the needs that we have 
and having unmet needs and the things we do to meet those needs. And we looked in Galatians 5, and so you can write down in Galatians 5. And they talk in there about, they call it lust of the flesh. But if you go through and you read all of it, it's all that stuff, you know. Adultery, fornication, stealing, murder, backbiting, wrath, drunkenness, revelry, all of that stuff, you know, all that stuff that we did. Maybe you didn't do all of the stuff. I did all of the stuff. I did the stuff. And I carried that. And it created in me shame and guilt and remorse. These two lists deal with a couple of different things. They deal with, one, the bitterness, unforgiveness, resentments, all of that kind of thing that we have in our lives. And they deal with the shame, regret, remorse, all of those kind of things in our lives. And so we want to identify those things for several reasons. And we learned last week that there was something that could be done to help us not walk in those things. The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 7, and he's talking about, man, there's this, something going on inside me that makes me do the stuff that I don't want to do. And I keep doing that stuff. I don't want to keep doing it, but I keep doing it, and I can't help it. So we got that thing within us making us do that stuff. And then there's also a part of it to where there's stuff that we know we should be doing and we don't do. And it's like, oh, my goodness. And, he, and the Apostle Paul says, who can save me from this body of death, you know? And, and I mean, I looked at my life, and it's like, there's nothing I can do. I'm stuck. I tried to quit doing. I was a meth addict and an alcoholic. And I tried to quit. I tried to just, I'm just going to smoke weed and drink. And I'm just going to do this. And I just, you know, and oh, I'm just going to do this. And I'm just going to do this. And then none of it worked. I would always end up messed up. But then after I, because I thought if I could just quit doing drugs, everything would be okay. But then after I did quit doing drugs and drinking, I was still messed up. You guys, I was still messed up. I can laugh about it now. But I didn't laugh about it then because I was messed up because I was still doing the same stuff over and over again, making these stupid decisions and these stupid patterns kept happening in my life and I couldn't figure out what the deal was on it. I didn't understand. And so that's part of what we're doing here. We want to identify those patterns and those cycles in our lives that keep happening. We want to see what it is. And we, we're going to learn as we go on We've talked about our unmet needs and, and the things we do to meet those unmet needs. The things we do to find fulfillment because we're not, our relationships are not fulfilling. Our relationships are unsatisfying. And what do we do to find satisfaction in those relationships? How, how do we find that? How do we find meaning in that? How do we find meaning and purpose in life? We want to find all these things, all these things out. And this is this is a tool that we're going to use to do that. I'm going to give an example. We have this list, so let's look at it. Let's. I'm going to give you some things off of my list and how it affected my life and what I learned, began to learn and understand from it, so that I could grow from it. And it's not just that we're, this list is just going to help us grow. There are some things that are going to happen. God's going to do some things with this list. Now, later on, we're going to come back to what that is. Right now, we're just making the list. We're just building the list right now. 
And like I said, this, this can be a painful time. I want to encourage you to do the best you can. If this puts you into a dangerous place, you need to ask somebody to help you. You need to talk some, with somebody or whatever. I'm saying, because not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of recording, don't do anything that is going to put you in too dangerous of a place. But this is going to be painful, and we want to push through if we can. That's why we would normally recommend that you have a sponsor or a spiritual advisor or something, somebody who could come along with you and help you through this process. So how did I begin to identify that? I can look back on my life, and I can see that people-pleasing, approval-seeking behavior. So now fast forward to when Pam and I are married, first married, and even the, you know, the first, well, all the way up to last week. No. <laughs> because of the people-pleasing behavior, you, you, you see, because I had been caught in cycles of emotional, verbal, and physical abuse. And because of that, me being a people pleaser, I began to try and read people's faces to get cues so that I wouldn't be caught unaware. And so I would, I overcompensated. And so if Pam said something in a certain way, it would trigger feelings in me. As I got older and I became a young adult, I got to the point where I could fight back. And that anger and everything began to well up in me. And so Pam would say something in a certain way, and I would erupt. I became the verbal abuser as a protection, right? To keep from me being hurt. And so if Pam would say something, I would automatically, I would lash out, I would get very defensive to protect myself. If other guys would say things, guys, I walked around saying for like 10 years, saying I'm looking for a fight, and I would. Somebody said something to me, I'd be ignorant, and I would just go off. Because of that, all of that, that had happened when I was young, and I had to be able to identify what was going on. But the hardest part in it, it was it's one thing to say, okay, you can't do this. You can't go around popping off at people. You can't go around mouthing off at people. You can't do all that. Okay. But what happens when you get in a situation and somebody says something, and because of everything, all your coping skills that you learn, Somebody says something in just a certain way, and it crushes you on the inside. And you don't understand why. What do you do? Well, we need help getting through that. And that's what part of this process is about, is to understand what's going on, what caused it, and what God will do to fix it. We've been talking about, remember the, the example I gave as far as body, soul, and spirit, and us being in a car? that we have this body that transports our soul and our spirit around. Remember me talking about that? We receive Jesus and our spirit comes to life. He breathes life into us and now we're able to walk again. This is the other side. We talked last week about stuff going on on the inside. Now I'm going to talk about some effects of some things that happen on the outside that's important for us to know. I'm not doing this to scare anybody. I hope I don't make anybody feel weird or anything like that. But we need to be aware, right? We have an enemy. If all we had to deal with is our coping skills and our unmet needs and our dysfunctions and all that, if all we had to do is deal with behavior modification, this would be a breeze. 
overcoming addiction, dysfunction, hurt, PTSD, abuse, all of these things would be a breeze if all we had to do was deal with behavior situations. But we have an enemy, and he comes to us. And so if you imagine in that our mind, our will, and our emotions are driving our car, and again, go back and listen to that. Start from the beginning, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. We're driving along, and there are spiritual forces that are yelling in the windows of our car. We have the natural realm and the spiritual realm that's overlapped. In the spiritual realm, this enemy is coming at us. Now, if you look in the Bible, if you take Jesus, Jesus is known as Lord of hosts, captain of the angels' armies. There are good angels that do God's bidding. They minister to us. There's all of these things that they describe, but it's all attributed to God because they are working on God's behalf, right? The devil is the same way. The devil is not like God. He can't be everywhere at once. He can only be one place at a time. He is a created being. He has, just like in an army, you have a structure of ranks. The Bible calls it principalities and powers, authorities. Depending on where you're at, it talks about the different levels. And so that's as far as I'll go with that and say that there's demons that are like privates, you know, like lower level. And they are watching us all the time to see what triggers us, right? To see what messes with us. They get to know us, follow us around in the spirit realm. And then they report to their higher-ups, and then they report to their higher-ups. And you know what? None of us here really rate to be on the, the actual devil's radar. You know, he's messing around with, like, presidents and, you know, kings and all of that. All of this is going on. But just like where Jesus is attributed to all the workings, we often use, and the Bible talks about the devil as this one being but that represents all the structures. So the devil comes to us in three ways, in three stages. Let me put it that way. He comes to us in three stages. And what he's doing is, is he's working off of the basis of unmet needs and all of this stuff that's going on on the inside of us that we talked about last week and that deal with this list that we're making. And first, he comes as a tempter. You see that in the Garden of Eden. He came, Satan came, or the devil came as a tempter. And it talks in Genesis about the serpent, but that's just, it wasn't actually a snake talking to Eve. Eve would be like freaking out, right? If a snake started talking to her. <laughs> you know? It wasn't actually a snake. It was a spiritual being who came to tempt her. Once the temptation is acted on, remember we talked a couple of weeks ago about Cain and Abel. When we mess up, when we sin, it's crouching at the door and its desire is for us. And in James, the first chapter, it talks about that we're led away by our desires, those things going on inside of us, okay? And so the tempter comes and tempts us. Jesus went through it. He was led out after he was baptized by John. He was led out into the wilderness to be tempted. Being tempted is a regular thing. We're going to go through it all the time. And so we're tempted. But once we act on that, 
Then what ends up happening is, is he comes as the accuser. And that's really what Satan means. Satan means the accuser of the brethren. It's not necessarily, we use it as a name, as like a noun, but it's actually describes he is the adversary, the accuser. And so what ends up happening when we do those things, like the things on this list, he comes and he accuses us. And that builds that shame and guilt and all of that stuff that goes on inside of us. And he holds on to it. So we, it has to be dealt with. And God's the only one who can really deal with it. Because if it's not dealt with, it'll always be there. Because this is what happens. After we succumb to the accuser, he becomes the devourer. And that's the final stage that he comes in. The Bible says that the devil's going about to and fro, seeking who he may devour. And if you picture, this is the picture I get. You know, he goes about as a roaring lion, seeking who he may desire. Now, I've never been attacked by a lion, but not this cat. But the last cat we had, this cat's bad. It'll bite you. But the last cat we had had front claws. And when he grabbed your arm with those claws, it was like, hang in your skin and it would like get stuck in there and he would like pull out and like your skin would be stretched out his claws would be like stuck in your arm it's horrible <laughs> and that's a little cat i couldn't imagine a lion because it gets its claws in there and you guys have all seen that poor little antelope going on you know that little antelope going and that lion sinks its claws into it and starts biting its neck. I always root for the antelope. I mean, I know a lion's got to eat. That's circle of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in all those videos, you know those, those YouTube videos when it gets away and it's like, yeah! <laughs> but it's so sad, like it'll have a big honk out of its back and missing a leg and it gets away. And it's like, yeah, but man, that poor thing. When we have those things going on inside of us that aren't dealt with, and the accuser begins to sink his claws into us. We get caught up and we will be devoured. We'll be helpless. And that's where a lot of us find ourselves when we get stuck in the depths of addiction. Or PTSD, abuse survivor, trauma victim. These things that we do to cover our pain. The pain of having an unmet need. A lot of times we'll do these things because we have this hole within us. Remember the analogy of the car. Well, we're designed to take gasoline. You can't put diesel in a gasoline engine. It'll mess it up. When God created us, he created us to run on God fuel. And after the separation, we're running off diesel. Now we get reconnected. But those needs, those needs we have can only be met by God. And he wants to do it. But because we've been doing it for so long, it's so hard to break those cycles. It's so hard not to, when we begin to feel those feelings, not to do what we've always done to cover those feelings. Or, you guys, when I was younger and I would have these feelings of stress, when I would get overwhelmed with stress and not know how to deal with it, I wouldn't know how to deal with the stress. You know, the New Yankee Workshop, Norm Abram and the New Yankee Workshop, and this old house. I love watching those shows. They were my building shows. We called them my building shows. 
And this is before we had a VCR back when we were poor. We didn't even have a VCR. We had, you had to watch it. If you missed it, you missed it. It was done. But you guys, that was, that was an escape for me. The stress of the week and everything and go, going on. And so that was my escape. It was like a drug to me. Well, see, this is the challenge. When you're married and you have two small kids and you work all week and you got other things going on, a lot of times the activity that you should be spending with your family is during building show time. And Pam would be like, Bob, we were going to go do such and such with the kids. Oh, I know, but I'm, I'm watching this and I would feel so, but I want to watch my, but my building shows are on. I mean, you'd have thought like I was a heroin addict and you took away my heroin. You see what I'm saying? It's those things that we do. I mean, it's just watching a building show, right? How many of you guys sit down to watch those shorts on uh, YouTube, you know, like minute long things or on Facebook or whatever, and it's like a little short thing, and you sit down and you don't think a big deal. You know, it's like one minute long, you know? And then you've watched five, and then suddenly you look and it's like, oh my goodness, I've been doing this for two hours. I can never get that time back. It'll never come back. I have a thing with myself. I cannot watch those things. I cannot do it because I get sucked in. I do watch YouTube videos, and I, I have these certain people that I watch. And legit street cars. He's in Chicago, and he builds these old classic cars, and it's pretty cool. But anyway, I follow a boat builder, a guy who builds boats, and anyway, but uh, so I can watch regular videos, but I can't watch those shorts because I get sucked in and I'll spend hours. I'm just airing my dirty laundry. You guys like hearing how messed up I am? How dysfunctional I am? <laughs> Pam will be like, Bob, I'm, I'm heading to bed and I'll be like, I'm right behind you. It'll be like nine o'clock, I'm right behind you. At 11 o'clock, I'll be like, oh my goodness. She just went to bed five minutes ago. I know you guys don't suffer with any of that. You guys don't struggle with 100%. those things. We want to identify these things. That's why we're making this list. This thing about the enemy is so important because we have to understand as we're going through this process and we start, things start getting triggered. We start feeling feelings. They're not always true, right? The enemy does not want us to do this. And we'll begin to Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com, or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.